Evening, everyone. Welcome if you're here for the first time. Welcome back those who've been away. Welcome those who were here last week. Hallelujah. That's covered everybody. We're continuing our study tonight into the five paradigms of nation transformation. But before we do that, there's something special that we need to do. Uh, he's tall, he's handsome, he plays bass, and he's leaving. So Alex, would you like to come out the front? Because we're going to pray for you. It's his last Sunday before he goes to Bible College in England. I remember him as this tall, in shorts, being forced to come to church by his mum. And he confessed to me in the car the other, the other week that he really didn't like his mum because of that. But I uh, made the difference to him. So I'm really proud of him that he's going to Bible College and um, we're going to miss him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, lots, of, lots of girls are going to miss him. Praise God. We've been, he's been helping me in Karapuri at the outreach there. And uh, just on the way back last, uh, on Friday night from Karapuri, we called in at uh, 7-Eleven. And uh, he, he likes to... Alex is the sort of guy who likes to tell people when it's his birthday or when something's happening. So he told the folks in 7-Eleven, one of the girls uh, said, well, give me your phone number then. How am I gonna, how, if I'm not going to see you again, give me your phone number. Right? So um, he's loved by everyone, literally. And... Uh, so, we're going to ask you, if, you, if Alex is, is, is a special friend to you in any way, right? I'm sure if I, I said, who loves Alex, everybody will come out. But if Alex is a special friend to you, then I'd like you to come out and uh, we, uh, lay hands on him. We're going to pray for him. Uh, it might be your only chance ever to lay hands on Alex. <laughs> and pray that transformation will occur while he's away in two years. That he'll get a sense of humour. Um... <laughs> Rather be the butt of jokes, he'll make good jokes himself. Um, but more than that, we pray that God will actually bless him. And <laughs> yeah, you see, you're having heavy hands laid upon you. <laughs> People are getting their own back now. So we're going to pray for Alex. So let's join with us together as we, we wish him well. He's going to be, of course, he's going to the same Bible college that Lek is at. And so uh, Lek, our Thai young lady who's, in, who's going to be in her second year, will be bossing him around because he'll be a newbie. A fresher at uh, college. But praise God. Two, it's great, isn't it? We've got two young, young people at Bible school in England. It's fantastic. So um, we'll just pray for him now. Lord Jesus, we thank you for Alex. We thank you for the little boy that's grown into a man. And we thank you that that man wants to serve Jesus. And so, Father, we pray your blessing upon him. We pray that you would watch over him. You would guard him and guide him and everything he does, that he would give honour to you. We pray, Lord God, that uh, uh, people in England will be amazed when they see him, when they see Lek, they'll be thinking, what on earth do they do at that church in Thailand? Oh, Father, we just praise you. You'll cause him to give a good report unto the Lord. And so we praise you and thank you, Father, for your uh, call upon his life. And we send him out with love. We're going to miss him. He's irreplaceable, but we thank you. He's only on loan to the Bible College that we have call on his life and he's coming back to us. So we thank you for him and we praise you, Lord God, for all you've done in his life. We pray that you will cause him to be a real blessing when he returns uh, and every experience that he has while he's away from home, 
uh, even though he may be a, a little homesick, may, he may, uh, uh, he may uh, miss different things that he can't get there, yet I pray new experiences will broaden his horizons, will give him, increase his vision, increase his capacity to serve you. And so, Father, we, we believe, Lord God, that you'll equip him with, with great things while he's away. And we pray for his family too. Pray for Angelica, pray for Jancia, Lord God, that you'll bless them and, and, and be with them. And we ask that you will just put your arms of uh, comfort around them as they were going to miss uh, Alex and all he, it is and that he means to them. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just uh, bless the Langner family, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, Alex. Do you want to say anything? No? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've got another announcement, and that is that uh, this Saturday from 10 o'clock till 12 o'clock, we will begin running the course Anointed for Business. And uh, what we're going to do is, uh, you'll see more plainly, actually, after I preach tonight, is that we're going to train and equip people in the world of work to be ministers in that workplace. Uh, we draw no distinction in this church on the anointing that you get, whether you're a pulpit minister like myself, or whether you're a minister in your place of work like most of you sat here tonight. The anointing upon you is the same. And you're pointing upon me, anointing upon me, it's the same anointing. We're called to be ministers, we just have a different uh, areas, spheres of ministry. And so we're going to equip people and we're going to actually have an ordination ceremony where we're going to ordain you to be the pastor of your workplace. And uh, we pray that that will come uh, with an anointing from God that will make a difference that we've not seen before. And so we're not just teaching about transformation, we're backing up what we teach with what we do. Praise the Lord. So we're going to be anointing people. Uh, well, God's going to be anointing people and we're going to be ordaining people. Hallelujah. So that's good. So we continue with our look at the five paradigms. And we're on paradigm number two. Can anyone remember what paradigm number one was? Now when I asked this question this morning, everyone knew. Paradigm number one is, we, we are called to disciple nations, not just individuals. That's after a slow start, the international group got out of the blocks, praise God. It's a bit like Britain in the uh, relay race in the Olympics, after a slow start. Right, so we're called to disciple nations, not just individuals. And we're on paradigm number two, which is... The marketplace, which is the heart of the nation, has been redeemed and now it need, needs to be reclaimed. Now what we mean by the marketplace is anywhere where you work. Now paradigm number three is going to be st is starting next week and uh, Margaret's going to deal with paradigm number three. Uh, every Christian is a minister and labour is worship. So if we're all ministers and we all, when we work, we worship God, so that makes the place where we work a very important place. It is the place where we worship. Praise the Lord. And so it's very important for us to understand that the marketplace is 
the heart of the nation. A nation without a heart, a nation without a marketplace would die, just like you without a heart would die. And the success of a nation and the fitness of a nation, where if you ask any athlete what's very important, it's a fit heart. Right? There's lots of people who have had to retire from athletics or, or different kinds of sports because their heart has not been up to the exertion that is required for it to, um, to perform at its best. And in the same way, the heart of a nation is the government, education, business, social welfare system, everything that constitutes the, 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 the format of that nation is the marketplace. And so we need to see transformation occur. We need to see that transform we need to see that dimension, the marketplace of Phuket, the marketplace of Thailand, being transformed by the power of God. Now a couple of weeks ago we saw that it was important for us to recognise that the earth belongs to the Lord. Say to the person next to you, the earth belongs to the Lord. Now, do you believe that? If you believe it, say amen. amen. Praise God. More than two. That's great. And if the earth belongs to the Lord, we have a part to play in reclaiming it for the kingdom of God. Over the years, since the book of Acts, in that big gap before the end of the book of Acts and, and today, we've seen that the church in history has lost its perspective on its mission. It's lost its authority to transform the community. In my own nation of Great Britain, the church used to be the centre of the community. And everyone would leave the workplace and go to the church on Sunday morning. It was the centre of the village. And if you go to England now, one thing you will see in the centre of every town and every village is an old church. But something has happened. A lot of those churches now are used for, for bingo. Do you want to know what bingo is? Right? It's for, you know, playing a game to win money. And a lot... A lot of old churches are used for different things. And so the center of the village has changed from being the church to being something else. Now, the church wasn't just the center of, wasn't just geographically placed in the center of the community. It was the center of the marketplace. The marketplace in most old towns actually took place around the church, in the churchyard. Now I believe that as we start to, to, to turn the tide back, as we start to believe in, in the church being uh, the, the, the main influence on the, on the heartbeat of what constitutes the marketplace in Phuket, as we become the blood that runs through the heart of the marketplace, I believe as we bless this city in the name of Jesus. So all the facets of this city of Phuket can change. Government, business, education, social welfare. Everything that constitutes society will benefit 
because of the influence of the church. Can anyone say amen to that? Praise God. We, we're, I mean, incredible. Um, since we've been preaching transformation, we have incredible uh, opportunity to meet with people in powerful places. On Friday, we had, uh, uh, those of you who were around on, on uh, Valentine's Day, when we had the Valentine's Day meal, and the deputy chief of police and his wife came for a meal. Uh, on Friday, uh, this lady, it was her birthday, and she came to Sussex House and, and gave out a lot of uh, stuff. I wasn't there, I was in Carapbury, but she, she gave out things. And uh, Margaret was able to pray for her. Margaret told me afterwards that, that this lady was nearly crying when she was able to pray for her and ask God to bless her. And she said uh, that uh, uh, her husband uh, uh, and herself, they want to get to know us better. Praise God. And then she said that uh, she's going to make the swimming pool where she lives available for the children every Saturday. Isn't that fantastic? From Sussex House. So if God can do this in, in, in the life of, of important people, we can, we can see how God can actually influence the community in which we live. I went to, was able to go to the school on, uh, in Carapbury on Friday and we were invited there uh, for lunch. I hadn't got a clue what, who we were going to meet when we were there, but there were several uh, headmasters from different schools there in, in Pangnao province and the director of education for, for Pangnao was there. And so we were able to talk and, and meet with them. And God is, can, can transform a community. I went to see Watt again. Remember I told you about this this boy that is severely uh, handicapped and he's mute. And we went to pray with him again. And uh, while we were there, he managed to grab some bricks and throw them into Pastor Knox's face. But apart from that, it was, uh, <laughs> it was another time where we could just say that we could build, build bricks of fellowship towards this young boy. And it's as though that this young boy represents the, the corruption in that city. And the, the way that his body is distorted. But I believe in the power of God that as we go and we keep going, we build relationship with this boy. This boy is going to receive a touch from God. His parents have already said that no one else can sit close to him. But each week I go and I get close to him. I put my arm around him. He holds my hand. He was holding Pastor Knox's hand after he threw bricks at her. Praise the Lord. And uh, he made up. And uh, he smiles. And we pray God's peace over him. And I believe we can change things, whether it's from the, from, uh, the people who are the poorest in society to the, to the people who are the wealthiest in society. We, we met a police captain as well who is... Uh, uh, Na's younger brother and, and their family was really against uh, Kunna, who's the first Christian there in, in, in Karatbury. They're really against her following Jesus. But on Friday he came and he, he said to me, anything we can do, anything that the police can do to help you, let me know. And the police will, will help you 100%. Anything you want to do will be there. Incredible. What an incredible turnaround. I haven't even talked to the guy before, but from being against us, now they're for us. You see, God can do things. He can take 
black and turn it into white. Hallelujah, because he's a creator. If you don't believe me, read the book of Genesis. Well, just the first, just the first few verses. He took nothing and made the world out of it. He took black and then there was light. Hallelujah. God can do that. And no matter how black your situation may be, no matter how desperate your circumstance is, if you've got faith in Jesus Christ, he can change situations. And that's what transformation is all about. And I believe it works. Hallelujah. For Phuket to be under the blessing of God is for Phuket to be the best it can be. Do you believe that? For your life to be under the blessing of God is the best that your life could be. And it's the same for the place where you live. Praise the Lord. How many people are still praying for the five houses around you? Anyone? Well, I want to encourage you this morning. David and Anna are praying for their five houses. And this morning, a Thai lady, one of the people who lives in the five houses around, came to church and she loved it. And the last thing I heard her say before she went was, who's picking me up next week? Praise God. It works. It might take time. But there's a lot of barriers to break down. But we will see God here and answer prayer. Amen. I believe that it's a trickle and it's going to turn into a flood. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, it was amazing this week. I was looking around. I was looking at the Thai, uh, this morning, sorry. I was looking around. I was looking at the Thai congregation. I think, oh, so-and-so's missing. So-and-so's missing. Uh, where are they? I wonder what's wrong with them. But the church was, the, the seats were all filling up. And I was thinking, where are all these people coming from? Praise God. Some of the she-girls made it this morning. Hallelujah, they got up. Oh! So that was great. But there were new people in, and it was fantastic. God is moving. Because there's a lot of people away tonight, but it's great to see you here, and it's great to see new people in church too. God is going to build his church. Don't agree with me if you don't want to. God is going to build his church. Amen. Praise God. Just, I, I tell you, <laughs> the difference on Sunday night from Sunday morning is amazing because I, they just have to say, okay, Pastor Brian's coming to preach. And they start cheering, applauding, and yelling, oh, cheering me up on the way to the pulpit. And, uh, and sort of, B says, okay, Pastor Brian's coming up to preach. And everybody gets their pillows out. Perhaps not quite that bad. Hallelujah. <laughs> for a business to be under the blessing of God is for that business to succeed beyond the abilities of the manager and the workforce. Do you agree with that? Because there are things that you cannot do. But there are things that only God can do. Because if your business is under the blessing of God, it is going to receive God's favour in supernatural ways. Now last week I shared how that can happen. I shared with you about the woman who, uh, who worked in the local government, in the, in, the, in the municipal government offices, and she 
prayed to God and believed that she could start a prayer meeting in the municipal offices and when she asked permission, the mayor said, yes, in my office. And that started a prayer meeting in the mayor's office which is now spread through the whole of the municipal council and they've even now changed the city plaque in Paranaque in the Philippines. They've changed the city plaque to say, City of God. City of God. Isn't that fantastic? That can happen. Now it, can, it, it, it happens and it has tangible things. We've had the result of some of these tangible things. There's, in England, there's a businessman named Bob. Now there's probably a lot of businessmen named Bob in England. But this is a particular guy called Bob. And his surname's Edmondson. If you want to look, you can look him up on the internet. Bob Edmondson. And he lives in England. And he, he had a car sales business, second-hand car dealership. And it wasn't doing very well. In fact, it was doing pretty bad. It was doing that bad that he had to take out loans, and he took out loan upon loan upon loan. And in the end, the bank was going to foreclose on his, uh, on his house, on his property, on his business. And everything that he had, he was going to lose in the next 24 hours. But he came to Jesus. And he cried out to God. Everything I've got, which is nothing because they're taking it away, now belongs to you. That's a, that's a good deal really. I mean, it's not, it's not, I mean, if you're a multi-millionaire and you've, got, and you've got lots of things and you say, okay God, everything belongs to you. Well, that might be a little bit, you know, can I do this because I actually do own it all and, and everything's going great. Should I give it to God? Well, the answer is yes, you should. But uh, this guy had got lots of stuff, but he'd only got it until midnight. <laughs> the banks were going to take everything off him at midnight. And so he cried out to God. And that night he couldn't sleep because he was thinking, well, I'm not going to be in this bed tomorrow. I'm going to have to leave. And he was lying there restlessly and he was just saying, God, what a mess my life is in. When the phone went. And he picked up the phone and he answered the phone. And on the other end of the line, there was someone speaking Japanese. And I was saying, you know, Japanese, oh, hi, Toshiba, Mitsubishi. You know, whatever they say in Japan. Oshia, Oishi, Sushi. And he says, I'm sorry, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm, this is England. And so the Japanese guy started to speak English. Hello, England. Started to talk to him. And uh, to cut a long, long story short, that was the start of a relationship between the two men. The man that had rung him up by accident, right, completely by accident, was the foreign director or overseas director of Isuzu in Japan. And they were looking for someone to take up the franchise for Isuzu in England. And so 
as they were talking, this came out on the phone. I mean, imagine, I mean, normally you'd say wrong number and put the phone in, but they had a conversation. And he, he said, well, I, I'm a car dealer. And so they, they, they sorted everything out, and, and, and Bob didn't lose anything. Instead, he became the main franchise dealer for Isuzu for Great Britain. And now, he's the richest car sales showroom owner in the UK. Isn't that incredible? What's more incredible is the Isuzu I drive was a gift from Bob. <laughs> so it's true. Isn't that great? After the tsunami, Bob gave us the Isuzu. That's the reason why there's a winch on the front. Because Bob thought we needed one. Hallelujah. And... <laughs> I have more conversations with people about the winch on the front of my car than I do about anything else. And when we're driving along and we stop in a line of traffic, all the people in the back of pick sitting in the back of pickup trucks, they're all going, look at that. Right? It's great because normally they're going, oh, look, two pharynx. Right? But now and then they're going, oh, look at that, the winch. Ooh. And I've never seen another one. On any other car in Phuket, just mine. So it's there you go. We can reach them with the winch, right? Now I know that God told us to be fishers of men, but the line on it is a bit big. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But that's true. Isn't that incredible? Bob gave everything he had, all his debt to God. That's amazing. And God bless the debt. What state are you in? See, if you give it to God, God can bless you beyond your wildest dreams. Because what God can do with your business is far beyond what you can do with it yourself. You might be the cleverest businessman on the planet, but God can multiply that far beyond your abilities. These things work. These things are real. It's not just happening around the world. I believe it can happen here. Last week I, I shared with you about King Reyes, uh, King Flores. And uh, King Flores uh, is the one who uh, pastors this woman who changed uh, the Paranaki uh, City Council. And he goes in now every day, every day they start the day off in City Hall with prayer. Now you've heard me tell you that before. In Hawaii, they do the same thing. When I was in Hawaii, we went into City Hall and the governor led prayer. Isn't that incredible? And sometimes they don't get round to business because the prayer's so good. Right? But as they pray and they seek God, the business sorts itself out in incredible ways. And in Paranaque City, they turned a 300 billion um, baht debt because the baht and the peso is about the same, right? Yeah? So, a 300 billion baht debt, they turned it around by giving it to God. Isn't that incredible? Just like Bob, a sit Bob as an individual did it for his business, the city did it, and God did the same for them. So now they're, the, they're, they're, they're looked at as the, the ideal city, the model city for the Philippines. For other cities to follow. Isn't that amazing? That's what God can do. 
And King Flores, who's been involved in all of this, he's also the pastor of Joey. Remember Joey, the tuk-tuk driver who transformed all the bars into, um, uh, into churches? He's his pastor as well. And he says, he wrote to me this week and says, when can I come to Phuket? Praise the Lord. So King Flores is coming. Right? And he said, as I sought God about Phuket, God spoke to me and he said, that the same, what, what's been happening in Mar del Plata in Argentina, what's been happening in, in, uh, uh, in Uganda, what's been happening in Paranaque City, God says it's going to happen in Phuket. Praise the Lord. I believe him. Hallelujah. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Because isn't Phuket the fairest place of all of God's creating cities? Amen. Come on. If you allow God into your business, into your school, into your place of work, you don't have to own the business to allow God into it. That woman was one of the clerks in the mayor's office. She wasn't the mayor. But God changed the mayor's office through her. You don't have to own the business to allow God into it. If you allow God into your business, he can do things with it that you could never do. Hallelujah. Now there are certain things that stop us and prevent us from operating as we should operate. When we read, when we went, worked through the book of Acts, there are lots of things in there and we think, wow, the faith and the power that those, those Christians worked in. The same faith that the apostles had in the book of Acts, the same power that God demonstrated in the book of Acts is available to us right now, here, this evening. Do you believe that? Amen. So what prevents us? As I said, the church has, has given ground to the devil over the centuries. We've given up on things. And there are four misconceptions. Now, praise the Lord. This is going on the internet, so I'm going to get into lots of trouble. Hallelujah. I believe there are four misconceptions that the church has that hinder us from seeing transformation in the marketplace. That hinder us from seeing God moving in power, as he should. We looked at the first one a couple of weeks ago, but I'm going to remind you of it. Four misconceptions. First of all, there is a God-ordained difference between clergy and laity. That is a misconception. Now, I'm not telling you the truth there, right? That is wrong. That is wrong, okay? We don't believe that. Amen? Because the truth is this, we're all ministers for God. We're all ministers for God. Now next week you're going to hear Pastor Margaret start talking about that. She's going to, start, uh, she's going to be preaching about the, the, the third paradigm which says that we're all ministers and labour is worship. But we need to understand that. Ministry is not just for pastors. Anyone say amen for that? We are all in full-time ministry. God called me to work in the church to help and encourage the other ministers to shepherd the shepherds. Hallelujah. To pastor the pastors. But you're all really pastors just like I am. Wherever you go, you're a minister for Jesus Christ. If you love God and you, you're passionate about God and you want to see his kingdom come, then you are a minister of Jesus Christ. 
Now, if you love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul, you've got to get used to this. Because that's what God's called us to all to do. Go into the world and make disciples. It doesn't say pastors go into the world and make disciples. It just says go. That means all of us. Praise the Lord. Now, if people ask me, what are you? A pulpit minister or a marketplace minister? I'll say both. Hallelujah. Because I'm a pulpit minister helping the church to work for Jesus. But I'm also a marketplace minister because I'm the head of our foundation. And the different things that we do as far as the foundation is concerned, lots of different things. We're looking now, we, we went to see a piece of land in, in Carabri the other day, which we can use for a farm. Praise the Lord. Now, if anyone have ever told me a few years ago that I'd be looking into farming, I'd have thought, wow, that's nuts. But praise the Lord, this, it's, I'm getting excited, you know. I even picked out a few names for the chickens and the pigs. I mean, it, it, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Praise the Lord. I'm going to call one Alex, because I'll miss him while he's away. <laughs> we, we looked at 1 Peter 2.9. And it says, you are a chosen people. It doesn't say pastors are a chosen people. It says you are a chosen people. That's everybody. A royal what? Priesthood. Now, come on. You don't have to be dressed in a robe to be a priest. This verse says we're all priests. Now, either you're going to believe the Bible or you're going to believe an institution. Come on. You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you might what? Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is the commission that we all have. We need to develop a right understanding relationship between the pulpit minister and the marketplace minister if we're going to see transformation take place. My job is to rally the troops. To get you out there and to lick your wounds when you get wounded. Put you back together again, send you back out again. Praise the Lord. That's what I do. But I'm also out there as well. Praise God. This foundation thing that we got, praise the Lord. We're, it's a headache to try and find money to run it, but praise the Lord. It's so exciting. Meeting people and telling them about what God's kingdom means. If we establish God's kingdom here, then people are going to be blessed. Because that's what we're doing with the foundation. Establishing the kingdom of God. Pushing back the frontiers of darkness and establishing the kingdom of God. And that's what you do at your place of work. Because when you walk through the door of the place where you work, the demons say, oh no, kingdom of God's come. Watch out, guys. It's dangerous, the Christians turned up. You see, but even, even the most spiritual of us often go to work and think it's a survival game. We go to work and you think, oh, I'm, I'm just going to be there and I'm going to last it out until, 
until it's time to go home and then I'm free. I can be a Christian again with freedom. I've got to suffer all the abuse. I've got to suffer all the pressure, all the corruption, all the, all the backbiting, all the uh, stepping on people to try and get ahead. I've got to suffer all of that. No. All, however good it might be for you to stand as, and let your little light shine. You know, that song is terrible. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What a load of cobblers. Right? This big blazing light of mine, I'm going to transform this building. I'm going to turn all the lights on. Hallelujah. That's your thinking now. Come on. This is transformation. I'm going to take this dark place. I'm going to make it a place of the light, a place of the king, a place of worship to Jesus. Amen? That's transformation thinking. It's not, oh, I'll hold the fort until you return, Lord. Though they oppress me from every side, Lord, yet will I trust in thee. We used to sing that. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not. It's I'm here, things are going to change mentality. Praise the Lord. Not in a puffed up arrogant way, because that's not love. But in a self-assured way. Just like B, you know, I'm confident in my manhood, by the way, B. <laughs> Hallelujah, but I will not be making bags. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Are you getting this? Amen? This is what transformation is all about. And we're all anointed in the same portion. You're anointed for what God has called you to do. And your ministry is in the marketplace. And that's great. That's fine. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Now once we get envisioned to reach out in our place of work, we will then come and change misconception number two. Which is... Church happens in buildings on Sundays. Now, praise the Lord, I don't think we've got that misconception here, have we? Not after the announcements anyway, because church happens Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We have only got Saturday left, but if, we have, if, you do, if you come on the anointed for business course on Saturday morning, praise the Lord, and get anointed to the business that you're in, right? It's going to be, I'm trying to keep it to four weeks, okay? Four-week course, we start this Saturday, 10 till 12, anointed for business. Come along and we will pray and we will, we will learn and we will, at the end of those four weeks, we will anoint you to be a minister for Jesus. It's open to everyone to come. Okay? Anyone who wants to come. If you want to come, and I said B, I'd get you back. Right? If you want to, if you want to come, B is sat there on the floor. She's just collapsed onto the floor there at the back. And uh, if you want to come, then CB and sign up either tonight or phone her up before Thursday. Okay? Thursday's the last day to register. Okay? For this four week course, Anointed for Business. It's going to be great. So, 
Church happens in buildings on Sundays. There's a lot of churches that believe that. And you know, it's like, have you ever been to a church where when you, when you stand outside and you see people come out, they're sort of in church and they're all serious, and I'm, morning, how are you all? Mm, good. Yes, that was a good sermon, Vicar. Mm, yes. I'll get called Vicar as well, so don't worry about it. Um, and all kinds of things, like, you know, that was good, yes. And as soon as they come out the door, it's like, they're broken free. They're out. They're, we're out at church. And now we can live as we like for six days until Sunday when we go back to church again. And we get all solemn and quiet and reflective. And there's nothing wrong with being solemn, quiet and reflective. It's just that if that's how you are with God, then why aren't you like that every day? You see... I can be solemn, quiet, and reflective with God, but I can also be happy and joyful and shouting and out loud for God as well. And so I can be all things, all things with God. Praise the Lord. He's not just someone that lives in church. You know, some people think that God lives here. If God is God and he's ruler of the universe, why would you live here? You'd live at, you'd live at the best room at the, at the, the Cata Beach Resort, wouldn't you? Come on. You wouldn't live here. Why would you live here? Come on. Some of the whites don't work. <laughs> There's a better view at Qatar. The food's great. I mean, you, you cook food in our kitchen? In the microwave? I mean, why would God live here? God is here, praise the Lord, but he's also everywhere. Amen. And when we go outside, he's actually there before us and going with us. And he's there when we leave. Hallelujah. See, God's not restricted to a building. So why should church be restricted to a building? Because the power of the church is simply this. That we don't just stick together here. We are the church out there. Amen. And that's the way the community gets transformed. Somehow we, we try to separate our church life and the rest of our life. We, a private life. Some people came and, and said to B, uh, wait, don't you ever have time off? And she says, what do you mean, time off from God? Why would, why would you want to have time off from God? Hallelujah. Now we know what they mean, don't you ever enjoy yourself? But yeah, I enjoy myself all the time. But it's much more fun with Jesus there. We have a great time. The Jesus I know has got the best sense of humour. He tells the best jokes. He's fantastic. Jesus wants to be Lord in every situation. He wants to bless in every situation. And he wants to bless the work of our hands. Do you believe that? When you go to work, God actually wants to anoint the words that you say, the work that you do, so that it's better than it is without him. Isn't that incredible? That's what God wants to do. Listen. Real church is the lifeblood 
of everything in the community. If the marketplace is the heart, then the blood that pumps through it is the church. That's going to cause it to bring the blessing of God on the community. Real church is the lifeblood of everything in the community, including our jobs. The third misconception. Marketplace ministers are not as spiritual as pulpit ministers. Ooh. I could, I could get in trouble if there's any pastors listening to this on the download on the internet. But God bless you anyway. And think about it. This isn't true. I'm no more spiritual than you are. Because I'm flesh and blood as well. Hallelujah. If you are intimate with God, and I am intimate with God, that means we're both intimate with God. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? That's good. God gives us all we need to do to do what he wants us to do. Sorry, I'll say that again. God gives us all that we need to do what he wants us to do. And the mark of spirituality is not found in your position or your title, pastor, senior pastor. I had a letter once from somebody who was the most exceptionally reverend. That's a good one, isn't it? Exceptionally reverend. Okay, well, it's not in your title. But it's how you fulfill God's will for you. You can be a pastor working at 50% in a church who is less anointed and less spiritual than a guy working at McDonald's flipping hamburgers who does everything to the joy of God and to the, and to the purpose of God, 100%. If that's what God's called him to do. And whistle, serve burgers whistling amazing grace. I've been into churches where when the preacher gets up to preach, the congregation go to sleep. Not because what he's saying is not well prepared. Not because he's not an excellent speaker. But because he's not anointed. And so it's dry. And the only reason the people have gone to church is because it's raining outside. It's true. I've been there. Listen. I've been to... Don't tell anybody. I've been to sleep when people have preached. It's true. I have. Because it's been boring. Incredible to think. They probably didn't have the microphone I've got because if anybody drops asleep, I shall go and wake them up. This morning I conducted a little experiment. I actually went with the microphone out into the street and continued my message. And everybody could hear me just the same in here. But I was preaching out there. Incredible. Praise the Lord. Listen, I dare to say this. If you 
own a restaurant and you're cooking food, say you're the restaurant next but one here and you're making cow pad, fried rice and you're cooking that rice and you love Jesus with all your heart and you know that God has called you to be someone who cooks the best rice in the world and God anoints you when you're cooking that rice I'm going to tell you, you're going to make the best fried rice in Thailand you're going to make the best fried rice because it's not only you making it you are dedicated everything to God and all of a sudden your rice will taste the best of any rice in the whole area and people are going to come to eat your rice and so you're cooking your rice you've got Christian music playing in the background maybe you've got a TV on the wall and you, and you play some Christian videos and maybe you've got posters on the wall that talk about the love of God. And when you, you see someone come in and that very well, you say, well, I'm doing the, making your food. Do you want me to pray for you? And then next door but one, you've got a church where the pastor's not anointed. Okay, I'm not meaning me, but never mind. Um, you've, got, you've got a pastor where the church, who's not anointed in God and who's doing this message which is technically brilliant, but it's not got any fire in it. Listen, you don't listen to my messages because I'm a great speaker. You listen to it because I've got something to say. Well, God's got something to say through me, hopefully. Because on marks out of 10 for eloquence, I'm not very high. I've got the worst accent, English accent in the world. Right? That's what they think of the place, of the town where I come from. It's the worst English accent. So why on earth would you want to listen to me when there's much better podcasts out there you could listen to? But maybe this pastor is great, he's an eloquent speaker, and he can speak and he can say all the Hebrew terms and he knows what they mean without looking them up and he can give you dissertation on uh, documentary hypothesis. There you go. But there's no anointing there. Where do you think it's more likely people are going to get saved? In the church or in the restaurant? I dare to say, in the restaurant. And you want to check that it's scriptural? Check it's scriptural. Look in the book of Acts. Because when Paul was turned out of the synagogue in Corinth, he went and started making tents, and people got saved in the shop. It works. It's scriptural. It's true. You are just as spiritual as any pastor. Hallelujah. Because you are just as much a servant of God as any pastor is. And I dare to say this, you know why a lot of churches run things the way they do? It's because they want to control the congregation. That's why. Praise the Lord. I want Jesus to control us, not me. Hallelujah. We're joined together with a common vision. Which brings me on, unless there's something else to add, hang on. Yes, there is. Matthew 25, yeah, scripture. Praise the Lord. Matthew 25, 23. It says this. It should be on there. It is. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. You see, the mark of a spiritual man or woman is whether they please God with what they do. Hallelujah. That's what makes you spiritual. 
Do I please God with what He's given me to do? Doing God's will in the pulpit, 100%. Doing God's will in the marketplace, just 100%. It's just the same. Anyone say amen to that? Fourth misconception that we have, the final one. The market, marketplace ministers make money to fund the vision of those in the pulpit. Praise the Lord. Now in Thai, it says something different. Now I'm not pointing it out, because Christy was tired when she translated it. But I'm pointing it out because it's actually, what it says in Thai is right. What it says in Thai is right. In Thai, it says that marketplace ministers make money to fund those in the pulpit. That's true. You've got to support the people who work full-time in the church. That's what it says in the Bible, to support the Levites. And Nock and myself and Margaret and, and Arne and Ice and B and all those who work in the office and Zor, who's in Burma, by the way, pray for him. Um, we need support. Praise the Lord. We need to eat. We need to live. And so, yeah, that is true. But this doesn't say that. This says marketplace ministers make money to fund the vision of those in the pulpit. That is wrong. That is wrong. Because it's not my vision. It's our vision. Hallelujah. And the most important thing that we need to do when we come to join a church is to take ownership of the vision. If you can't do that, find one you can. If you cannot take ownership of the vision of the church, go to a church that you can take the ownership of. Praise the Lord. It's so important for us to own the vision. Take ownership of PCC vision for yourself. It's a corporate vision. It's not just my vision. It's your vision. And in that, in that way, then it becomes your goal, your dream, your purpose to see my city become God's city. You'll know that it will happen. Something will change in us when we go to work, when we take hold of the vision. Because we'll no longer be Christians working in the world. We will not just be Christians who apply our Christian principles in business, but we will be people who actively seek the transformation of the marketplace for the glory of God. So we aren't just trying to have a good day at work. But we want to see our business, our work, be instrumental in the transformation of our city and nation. Praise God. Now one guy in the Philippines is convinced it's going to happen here. So we better get in line with him. Hallelujah. Do you believe with me that miracles can happen in your place of work because you dare to believe God that they'll, they'll happen? Yeah? Praise the Lord. Now you might believe that all oh, that could possibly happen in church on Sunday, but I believe they can, op they can happen in your office, in your schoolroom on Monday. Praise God. There's no verse in the Bible that says bring them to church and they'll get healed. You know, it says, the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Now, the prayer of faith is not restricted to church, or is it? Because if it is, that's your fault. 
Hello, you're still there. If you restrict the prayer of faith to church, you're doing it, not God. Praise the Lord. You know, every, every, actually every really amazing, blown away, physical healing miracle that I've witnessed has happened outside the church. Isn't that incredible? Wan Lapa, when we, we met her, she was in a tin shack in Talang. When she was given a day to live, when she, her body was black with big uh, uh, blotches, cancer all over her body. Blood was pouring out of her. I mean, it was a very, very horrible sight. And it stank. You smelt her before you saw her. 12 years later, after God touched her, she was worshipping God this morning. That didn't happen in church. It happened outside the church. Praise the Lord. first real amazing miracle we witnessed in Phuket was, was in, in Soy Nimit. There used to be a big cinema there. And um, a woman fell off the roof. Well, she, actually she fell through the roof because it was disused. Fell through the roof and landed on her back. She fell about 50 feet and she broke her back. And she was lying in a load of rubbish, basically. Thing, people just threw their rubbish in there. And she was lying in these broken bottles and all. She was just lying there with her back broken. And we had, a, we had the church at that time was in a t tiny little place. We, only, we could only get about ten chairs in it. And that was the church. And people ran across to me and asked me, come out and see this woman. And... There was nothing they could do. She was poor. They, couldn't, they wouldn't take her to hospital. In those days, you didn't get the free treatment if you were registered. You didn't get the 30 baht card. That wasn't there. This is 19 years ago. Just didn't happen. And for a broken back, she'd need a couple of hundred thousand baht. She hadn't got it. I hadn't got it. Nobody had got it. They were all poor people. And so I knelt down and I just felt God say the words from the, from, from, from the New Testament came to me. And I said, silver and gold, have I none? And I said it in Thai. And I didn't, at that point, I didn't know what silver and gold was. It was in Thai. I didn't know the words. But I said it. And people out later told me what I'd said. And I thought, oh, that's pretty good. It's pretty, I can't do that on a Sunday when I'm preaching, but never mind. But I said, silver and gold, have I none? But what I have in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And she did. Incredible. Look, that wasn't in church. It was in a pile of rubbish. So what do you, what do, you do with your faith? Do you have your faith on Sunday or do you take it out with you? Which is the place where it's needed. You know, it's pretty safe in here. You don't need your faith too much in here. You need it out there. Hallelujah. Do you believe in miracles? Do you believe that it happened through you and your faith? 
Marketplace transformation will only occur if we see it happen in the marketplace. I've got a friend called Barbara Chan. She's a high court judge in Hong Kong. I met her in Argentina. I met her again in uh, Hawaii. And uh, she emails me now and again, keep in touch with her. She's an incredible lady. Uh, when, when Angelica went to a conference, uh, a prayer conference in, in uh, Hong Kong, she stayed with Barbara. She's incredible, isn't she? She's, she's only two foot six tall. She, I mean, she's tiny. She's the smallest, smallest person in Asia. She is. And, and she's the thinnest. She's thinner than knock. So, you know, there's not a lot of her there. Praise God. Well, I can't think of anybody else who's thinner than you. So I just, all right, that's in church. So there you go. <laughs> I'm going to get it later. Uh, right, okay. Um, <laughs> so she's, a, she's tiny and she's a high court judge and she leads another high court judge to the Lord in chambers. So, this, so they're all dressed in their robes, you know? With the, because it's a British system, they've got the, the, wig, the white wig thing on their head. So they're all dressed in their robes and wig. And she leads her to the Lord, and then she says, do you want to get baptised? So she says, yes, yeah. so they go to the toilet. <laughs> it's true. So they go to the toilet, the restroom. Okay? And she gets baptised, not in the toilet, but... <laughs> But they've got, they've got a bath in there, right? Because it's for the high court judges. And sometimes when they're, they're sitting a long time, they maybe go and have a bath or something, refresh, freshen up, because they've got no time to go home and come back. So there's a bath in there. So they fill the bath up, and this little woman baptizes this high court judge in the bath, in the court. Incredible. <laughs> God can use you. And that's why it's, it's so exciting to think that we're going we're gonna to ordain ministers into the community. We're going to be a bit radical. But I'm always radical, so what's new? So that's okay. That's okay. We're going to be a bit radical. And I'll tell you what, God is going to change things. God is going to change things. He's going to transform the marketplace. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Do you believe that my city could be God's city? Do you dare to believe that they will actually change the seal of Phuket so it will say, City of God underneath it? Do you believe that could happen? Probably not in English mind, but it will be in Thai, won't it? Praise the Lord. But I believe that we can make a difference. You can make a difference. By taking your faith outside of these four walls. And believe in God to work in you and through you. You see, you might not believe that you're good enough. You might not believe that you're good enough. Well, shall I let you into a secret? None of us are. None of us are good enough. That's why we need Jesus. And we celebrated that tonight with communion. None of us are good enough. But God... God loves us anyway. Amazing love we sang.
How can it be? Jesus died for you and for me. So that we could take his word into our place of work, into our place of study, into our home, into our community, and bring transformation to bring the kingdom of God. We might use the word transformation because it's new and modern, but it's actually just bringing, establishing the kingdom of God. That's what it is. And you can do it. Let's pray. Maybe this is a little scary. Maybe as you think about it, you think, wow, God, I'd like to do all this stuff, but I just don't know how. It might be all right for the pastor to say this, but it's his job. Well, we have to destroy that misconception, don't we? Because it's our job, not just my job. That God has brought us into a place. I prayed with a Thai lady this morning. She lost her job a couple of weeks ago. And I prayed with her and led her into a, 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 a commitment to say, if God gives you a job, will you serve Him in that place? with all your heart, mind and strength. Will you be bold for him in that place? And she came back to me this morning and she said, God has given me a job. Even though it's recession, I've got a job that I didn't think I'd be able to get. So I prayed with her again this morning. Are you going to give everything to Jesus in this job? Are you going to believe that by his power you can bring transformation to that workplace? Not only will you be blessed, but the workplace will be blessed. You see, the price of oil is going up, and everybody's fearful about what's going to happen. But if you bring transformation, it's going to change the economy. Transformation is going to change the economy, because I tell you something, there is no recession in heaven. God still owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It has not changed. There is no recession in heaven. And the gates of heaven have not closed for a short time. Lunch break because of the price of oil. But the gates of heaven are as wide open as ever they were. God, we need you. We need to surrender to you. Lots of things will attract our attention and cause us to fear the worst. But Father, help us to keep our eyes on you. People will tell us we're not good enough We'll tell ourselves we're not good enough, but help us to keep our eyes on you. Jesus, 
you said. Go. You've called us to go into the world and make disciples. And as we submit to you, the failings that we have, the things that we can't do, maybe there's people we can't forgive, maybe there's the sins that we can't overcome. I want to tell you, if you submit to God, you will do that. If you wait, you'll never do anything. If you wait till you're better, if you wait till you think you're good enough, you'll wait forever and then it's too late. But if you submit yourself to God and you say, Lord, I just love you. I just love you. So have your way in me. Then God has the chance to sort it out. Just like Bob gave God his debt. And God dealt with it. He multiplied what he didn't have. He made a minus into a plus. God makes a difference. Lord Jesus, help us. In Jesus' name, we reach out to you. I don't embarrass anyone tonight. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Because I believe the anointing will follow the decision and it's the decision you have to make. Lord Jesus, I want to make commitments to you that I'm going to honour and keep. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to be the means for transformation in my workplace, in my place of learning, in my home, in my city. Bring transformation through me. Cause me to have the faith that see, sees the miraculous. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. Don't forget to see B if you want to sign up for Anointed for Business. Hallelujah. We're going to make an impact into the marketplace. There is refreshments.